Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Talking Knicks PPP player profile and projections. Today, we've got a unique one. We're doing a grab bag episode with what looks to be like the end of the Knicks bench. And knowing the Knicks, a couple of these guys are probably going to get a lot of run. So let's run through it. I'm joined today by the brothers Doom and Groom. I'll start with Gregory, Sir Gregory Poon. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jake. Had an eventful weekend. I saw Tracy Morgan. He's a funny guy. Pretty cool. Yeah, you, you might you might see him getting some burn on the Knicks this year. <laughs> First hot take of the podcast. We'll uh, we'll we'll flip it to Big Bro, Kenny Poon. Ken, how you doing? Doing well, Jake. Thanks for thanks for having me again. I'm always excited to be here. Uh, I just got back from uh, my last wedding of the year, so just uh, just really uh, hanging out now. Looking forward to just a few a few nice relaxing weekends. So you didn't see Tracy Morgan. I didn't see Tracy Morgan. Sadly, then we don't care about your weekend at all. Understandable. Uh, but what we do care about is Los Knicks. Uh, as I mentioned, this will be a grab bag episodes of sorts. And it's, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing in basketball. I mean, you're going to have 15 guys on the roster. You might have a couple guys come and go. Uh, the Knicks have a couple wild cards out there that we, <laughs> we felt as a crew, they didn't deserve a full <laughs> player profile, but they have to be talked about because these are guys that are going to get some run, including our favorite Ron Baker uh, who, again, I saw his only start last year in Denver because his family was there. But he's someone who needs to be mentioned because there's going to be games where Ron Baker gets some run because he's given some hustle. He's given you some defense. We'll circle back to him. Let's uh, – I, I want to start – and this is probably the guy that should be the main conversation or maybe not the main conversation, but I think there's been a recent turn, well, on Reddit lately – and amongst the Talking Knicks crew a little bit, and it's Manny Moutier. Uh, this guy was formerly uh, a top draft pick. He was the seventh pick overall in the 2015 draft, just what, three years ago? Um, he's on the Knicks now. We traded for him last year. He came over. He kind of did Manny Moutier stuff. He was like eight points, three assists, two boards. A uh, couple games where you see it and you're like, okay, this this could be something. And then a couple other games where you're like, I, what are you doing, fella? Um, so let me, I'll, I will mix it up. I'm going, I'm going to Kenny first this time. He wants the ball. He's going to get it. Kenny, talk to me about your thoughts on Manny. Manny Moutier. So he's an interesting guy. I know he was the guy a lot of Knicks fans wanted over Porzingis that year in the draft. Um, he went to, went to Denver. He, you know, I think he might've started the first year he was there. He played okay for a rookie point guard and then gradually lost favor. Um, he's one of those guys that you, 
he got traded to the Knicks and he's kind of given a second chance, but he wasn't in a particularly good situation with Hornacek who, and you know, three or four other point guards um, that he's playing against. So his stats when he got to the Knicks kind of took a step backwards. Um, he is an interesting guy though, because he has a lot of talent. You know, he's a, he's a very well-built point guard. He's a, a big point guard and he's got some decent athleticism. Um, he hasn't been able to put his shot together yet, but like he's shown flashes over um, over periods of time. Uh, the first half of last year, he shot it pretty well, um, and then it has and then when he after he got traded, his his shot kind of fell off a little bit. But you know, this is a guy that's going to get his opportunities this year. And under Fizdale, you know, Fizdale came in and said that he had, uh, you know, he was going to fix the things that were wrong with Moutier, which is kind of a mixed message, kind of a back a backhanded uh, compliment. Uh, but, you know, I think the Knicks fans have turned on him way too quickly because we haven't seen enough from him. Last year, it was a bad situation. And in the summer league, he's played bad. But, you know, it's in the summer league. He's definitely trimmed down. So he's putting he's putting in work. And I have to I have to believe that at some point, you know, that's all going to come together for him. So I'm ex- I'm excited to see what he, he brings to the table throughout this year. Yeah, Jake, I'm looking at these stats and his shooting percentages are so unbelievably bad it's pretty wild so i mean he everybody obviously knows he can't really shoot the three but if you can't shoot the three you better be able to finish but he can't he doesn't seem to be able to do that particularly well either he's able to get to the rim he just doesn't finish it but in his first three seasons his shooting percentages overall are 36.4 percent 37.7 percent and 38.8 percent so he's getting better but that's It'd be tough to get worse, but I mean, I like the guy. I, I got no, I got no problem being patient based on where the Knicks are at this point in time. And I'd rather see him on the court than Ron Baker. So, I think he could get minutes on this team. I'm all, I'm all for the guy. Um, you, you, like Kenny said, you see good stuff. You know, there's potential there, but, but he really hasn't put it all together. But yeah, again, I, still I, only twenty one. I liked what Kenny said when he talked about Woodson, someone that he already has his eye on him. And he's talking about things you can fix on him, which is almost like having a girlfriend and being like, yeah, I I can fix some stuff about her. Like, okay, let me know how that conversation goes. But in Ken, I'll, I'll, I will send it back to you. The the guy started 66 games as a 19 year old and put up 13, five and a half and three and a half, which again, some bad percentages, but there's some, some, being a young point guard, I mean, we, we used to play this game a lot where you dig up young stats on guys like Tyreek Evans and some other point guards who, who did stuff at an early age and either did or didn't pan out. But at, it's interesting because you think he could be a mismatch against smaller point guards and he, he'd have an advantage against two guards, but it seems like he doesn't have the advantage on anyone, Kenny. <laughs> So, yeah, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on him. I know we've got a lot of people to cycle through, but like like you said, 19-year-old rookie a few years ago, and now he's only 22. And watching the games, he has he has athleticism, and he gets to the rim, and then he just misses the shot and tries to draw the foul but doesn't. So he's both missing the shot and not, not drawing the foul. If he could either finish the shot or draw the foul, then he's looking like a much better player. And also – I don't know how much it's saying given the the current Knicks roster, but he might be the best passing player on the Knicks. So I, I have to imagine he's going to get some run there at point guard. Yeah, that's interesting, Ken. And 
it it will be interesting to see how all that stuff plays out because Trey Burke does seem like almost the scoring point guard. Frank is going to be the utility knife of sorts. You wonder if they try to put Manny in kind of that role, if he plays a lot of one, if he plays a lot of two. Um, but let's let's move on from Manny. And I guess, you know what, let's keep it in the backcourt for now. And it's a guy that we we may be yelling about deserves minutes from Moutier on some nights and a guy that will be saying, why is he getting minutes? And we got to talk about handsome Ron Baker. Um, and I, I, I won't even set it up. I'll just pass it to you, Greg. What What, what do the people need to know? I'll pass it right back to you, Jake. No, no. Uh, Ron Baker. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Ron Baker guy. Uh, his offense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, he can't shoot either. He's, he's like, uh, let's see, let's look it up together. He shot 33.9% from the field last year. Is that good or bad? That's bad. That's very bad. And he had that one start in Denver where you were. But that's just such an unbelievably bad shooting percentage. It's it's hard to it's hard to say much more. I mean, he, he can play defense enough, but I mean, you don't really see him guarding the, the good players on the other team because he's not in when those players are in. So I I don't know. I can't draw much. I I, I don't really like Ron Baker. I can't get much more into it than that, but he did wish my friend Trent a happy birthday in a, in a video message. So I would like to hang out with Ron Baker. I just wouldn't like him on my favorite basketball team. That's my, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. Greg, Kenny, what, what do you got on Ron? I mean, is he last year, 29 games played 13.3 minutes. Again, it's, it's spark plug kind of, a little bit of passing, a little bit of driving, a little bit of defense, but is, I mean, is he just kind of the boys are sleepwalking tonight, throw Ron in there to shake it up or what? Yeah, I think that's kind of his, his best case scenario. Uh, he's really an, an end of the bench guy. <clears throat> Knicks fans love him way too much. And uh, this is something that we've said amongst ourselves before. Uh, it's something that my cousin once said about Shane Larkin is that I appreciate I appreciate how hard he tries. I don't appreciate how much he sucks because like Greg said, he's terrible on offense. Um, he's a pretty good defender, but we haven't really seen him against the best um, offensive players that, on other teams. Like we've seen Frank go head to head with like Kyrie Irving and James Harden and like hold his own. So, you know, that Frank's flashes are against, you know, star power, whereas Ron's coming in at the end of the game and guarding whoever's in at the end of the game, uh, blowout loss. So I, you know, I get it. He's he, he he's just not that good. Uh, and if Tom were here, I know we had this conversation. He'd bring up he's uh, now writing for the B-Ball Index. Uh, that's actually where he is tonight. He's busy writing an article for them. But we had him look into how Ron Baker grades out against all other guards in uh, a bunch of different areas. They talk about you know. Um, playmaking, passing, you know, just dis- distributing um, defense, a whole a whole litany of areas. And what the stats came back as is he was an A minus defender and everything else was either a D or an F. So like he's a solid defender, but that does not make up for the other shortcomings in his game, which is every other area of the game. <laughs> and it's like you said, like 
if they're sleepwalking, throw him out there because he's going to try hard and maybe maybe you'll get a spark. But as a pure basketball player, I'm just not a fan. After a while, if if everything outside of defense is a shortcoming, that's those aren't shortcomings. That's just you not being great at basketball. So, well, we're sorry, Ron, if you're listening. We we appreciate you, but it's a crowded backcourt, and I I think finishing off the backcourt and sending it back to you, Ken, because it's someone you love. And we'll we'll make this a little happier. It's your boy Dame Dot, Damian Dotson. He's last year's second round pick. Uh, he had some moments last year. He didn't get a ton of run. Forty four games played, about eleven minutes per game. Kenny, tell tell me about your boy. And Dame Dot is an interesting guy. Now I think we're going to be able to say this about a few people here because he's a guy that's projecting right now, based on how the preseason went, to not play a ton. Um, but he could be a guy who in his limited minutes shows something, he works his way up and he ends up being a full-time rotation piece. Um, I know in the pre in the preseason games, he had a couple really good games, albeit he was mostly doing that in garbage time. Um, I think in the first preseason game, he ended up scoring like nine points in the fourth quarter in overtime, which is pretty good. Uh, last year he had a couple of really good games. He had a 30 point game with 11 rebounds and he had, uh, I think he had another double double with like 11 and 10 or something like that. So he's shown flashes of being able to, to do things in this league. And I've, the, the comparison that I've made throughout, um, kind of his tenure as a Nick is I want to see him develop as a Danny green type as a guy who his, his whole role with the Knicks is to play defense and to hit threes. And if he can score a little bit outside of that, like he showed in a couple of the games, like his 30 point game, then that's, that's a bonus. But on this team, he's not going to be a neat, he's not going to need to be the guy who's you know putting in all the buckets in the future. They're going to have Chris Stapps coming back. They have Cantor right now. who's a very good offensive player. Knox is, looks like he's going to be a scorer. Trey Burke's a scorer. So this guy's not going to need to score. He's going to need to space the floor and play defense. And I think he can be that player. Yeah. And Jake, um, uh... I, I I when they drafted him, I thought they were picking him as a shooter, basically. Just an, that's it. He shot 44.3 percent from three on 7.6 attempts in college, which is a uh, pretty remarkable, honestly. I mean, shorter three point line, but then last year as a rookie, he uh, he didn't shoot too hot from three. It was like a let's see, 32.4 percent, which uh. Isn't too hot. I mean, hopefully he gets better. That's on a very small sample size, only one and a half shots per game. But I can't, I can't hate on Ron Baker for his uh, low shooting percentages and small sample size, and then uh, give Dame a pass. So hopefully he's got to get that up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I guess something I, I that just came through my mind a little bit is. We, we touched on the new coaching staff a little bit, but for a lot of these guys in the backcourt, you know, with with Fisdale coming in, he doesn't really care that Moutier was the seventh pick. <laughs> he, he doesn't care what Ron Baker's been about or where he was drafted. Um, I, I mean, we could throw Alonzo Trier in there. We'll, we'll, we'll circle around him later because he's, he's a little bit too hot of a topic in Knicks land right now. But, hey, if you're Damian Dotson and you can – bang a corner three and play some defense, you're going to get some looks. I mean, that's – and so, Ken, I, I think that was a great point by you um, for young Dame Dot. And speaking of defense and corner threes, this this is a quick one. 
And again, this is Kenny. This is your bread and butter, your birthday friend, Lance Thomas. If you if you'd like to explain that for the friends at home and and just tell them about Lance, because I, I I think you're gonna say all of our thoughts here. Yeah, and like like Greg said about Ron Baker wishing his friend a happy birthday. Um, I got a birthday shout out from Lance Thomas, so he's been my favorite player ever since. Um, but also like I I do genuinely like his game. I think I've said another in other podcasts that I I picture myself as a three and D guy and Lance Thomas is that guy on the Knicks who's you know he's a he's been a 40 40 plus three-point shooter the last several years and you know he's been known as the guy who's been guarding the best wing on the other team so like he'll he'll go out there and he'll guard LeBron he'll guard uh, Giannis and he'll do all the dirty work and I think the biggest thing that he adds to this team right now is just you know, a veteran presence. Um, everyone has always been saying that he's he's a guy who does things the right way. I know a few years ago, like when things were kind of falling apart, I don't know if it was under Woodson or just a little bit after that, but he was he was injured on the bench. And like there were stories that, you know, people were laughing at the end of the game while they were losing and just turned and was like, guys, we're losing. Like, get your heads in the game. Um, and like that's that's the kind of leadership that you need on a, on a team like this, particularly with a lot of young players and a lot of, and not a lot of veterans. So uh, I'm hoping that that he sticks around for a little bit. I know he we've talked about him potentially being a salary cap casualty next year, but I, I just genuinely like what he brings to the game, both on the court as, you know, not in a huge role, but coming off the bench, playing some defense, hitting some threes, and then the off-the-court stu- stuff as far as being a leader. So appreciate you, Lance. I, I always laugh because it feels like there's two games a year where Lance Thomas – comes in and plays Giannis or he plays LeBron for like 35 minutes. And you're like, Lance, dude, <laughs> we really appreciate you. And then they end up hitting the game winner on him. And huh. Like, all right, huh. see you. See you in two weeks. Um, let's, this is the player that I think I'm most excited about from this list. And it's Noah Vonley. And I'm, I'm going to make a bad comparison first and then maybe a good comparison. We'll see. But let's start with the bad. There was one guy in last year's camp who didn't have a guaranteed role that I was just looking at the roster and I was like, I think this guy's going to get some run. Last year, I was unfortunately right about Jarrett Jack. Uh, hmm. it, just, it just made sense to me. They, they needed point guard play. Jarrett Jack's point guard play was going to be better than a 19-year-old Frenchman on most nights and Ramon Sessions. So we kind of fall into a same story with Noah Vonley. Uh, the Knicks need bigs. And Kenny, you mentioned it previously, or depending on when these come out, when you're mentioning it now. But Noah, he looks ripped. He's a, he's a guy who came out early from Indiana. Big-time prospect. It's his fourth year in the league. He's 23 years old. There's the biggest difference from the Jarrett Jack experience. But this guy found himself, he was on some really good teams in Portland. Uh, where they kind of just asked their big man, whether it was a Plumlee or Ed Davis, to just kind of do their role for a couple minutes. Um, this guy has had some big games. It's been the classic trailblazers, the two games that don't matter, like him and Shabazz Napier try to show the world that they could be really good if they got to play. Um, on the reverse side of that, those games don't matter. But we've got a 6'9", 250-pound, 23-year-old roped-up big man on a team – that's <laughs> searching for big man minutes. Greg, what, what do you think about Big Noah? 
Yeah, I mean, um, Knicks just waved Joe Kim, so Noah's officially going to make the team, I believe. Um, so Noah to Noah. Yeah, we, we picked the right one in my book. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to get some time because, like we said, Porzingis is out. I mean, Cornette is not as good as Vonley. Um You got Cantor. And then who, who are really the other big men? You know, you're going to move Knox and uh, Lance up to four, play the four. So there, there's just two big men spots, 48 minutes to go around in each. 48 times two is 96. So somebody's got to fill those minutes. So I think Noah Vonley is going to be a guy. And like we've, we've seen him beast some people, uh, do some – some monster dunks during the preseason. So he he does what you like to see. He's an exciting player. Ken, I know you like a big man that likes to finish around the tin, and that is what he's been doing this preseason. Yeah, and like, uh, like Greg said, there's a lot of minutes to go around. So, And I think he's going to end up getting some minutes. Um, I think the more interesting question is the same question that we asked in the Mitchell Robinson one. And we didn't even bring up Von Lake because that was recorded kind of a while ago. And he seemed like a guy who might not even make the team. Uh, but after preseason, it looks like he's definitely going to be on the team. And he could be a guy that steals those fourth quarter minutes um, just because he is not as young and inexperienced as, uh, say, a Mitchell Robinson. And he is less defensive he has less of a defensive liability than a guy like Enos Cantor so kind of in the same way that guys like uh like Dame Dot could work his way into you know a steady rotation piece I think a guy like Noah Von Ley if he you know goes out in his minutes and and shows that he deserves more he could end up being the the fourth quarter guy for the Knicks in that uh center role particularly with teams going smaller um he could fill that you know that center role uh, for the the fourth quarter Knicks, and yeah, we're we're talking a lot of high end, low end type type deals with this. Again, someone like Ron Baker might play ten games this year. He could play seventy. Um, Von Ley, yeah, I mean, talk about an opportunity in the the coaching stuff I mentioned earlier. If you've got Fizdale coming in, you've got Cantor who couldn't be played in the fourth quarter last year. His defense is so bad. Then a bunch of young guys. If you're Von Ley, this is kind of this is your chance to make it in the NBA. You've got some really good. I mean, in what is in sorry, in 16 minutes last year per game, he averaged almost six rebounds. Yeah, I was just looking at that. He averaged 12.8 rebounds per 36 minutes last season. That's pretty so, good. So, and with minutes being needed on this Knicks team, you could see this guy, what, sneaking towards 25 minutes if he, if he really finds his role and, and maybe doing a 8-8, eight and eight, which, hey, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough being a Knicks podcast sometimes and discussing some of that stuff. But 8-8 eight and eight out of Noah Von Ley would be pretty big for this team. Yeah, so, and I think, I think another question is, you know, how he plays is in a lot of ways, I think, going to determine – the way that Fisdale goes with his team. Because if he, he can play a lot of minutes um, at the four position, then guys like Mario Hazonia and, you know, Knox can play a little more at the three. And you can have a, a bit uh, bigger rotation w- amongst your fours and fives. If he doesn't play that well, you know, Hazonia's got to get bumped up and uh, Knox is going to get bumped up to four and they're going to go mostly with a smaller lineup. So I, I think he is kind of going to be a key piece in how the Knicks – 
you know, their style and their play unfolds over the season. Yeah. And Ken, I think that ties into Fisdale too. I, I think we, we complained about Hornacek's rotations a little bit. Fisdale is going to be doing a lot of experimenting with all these backcourt and all these frontcourt options. So, if, <laughs> Hey, if you're Vonley, if you can play a little defense and, and roll to the basket, <laughs> you got a job, bud. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, Ed, Hey, the the last big man I think we're gonna bring out a Commodore, uh, hashtag Vandy Luke Cornett the the fake unicorn is that a nickname for him yet? Um, <laughs> he seven one, he plays mostly uh, with the Knicks G League team. He comes up for his first game, and and what did he what did he do? It was something ridiculous, right? Yeah, he like blocked a bunch of shots and hit a bunch of threes. Yeah, it was like the first player to have. He had eleven points, four blocks, and ten rebounds. Right. Um, so yeah, then I, I remember seeing Reddit posts saying, you know, the Knicks have two unicorns and stuff like that. And it's like easy guys, but Uni- unicorn with a K. Unicorn net. I like unicorn that. Unicorn net. Um, should. You guys, maybe you need to talk me into this. Why am I not more excited about Luke Cornett? I mean, he he ended up playing in, what, 20 games last year? In those games, he got 16 minutes. He shot 35% from three. Um, should I be more excited about Luke Cornett? I mean, he could shoot it. He's spreading the floor, but, I mean – He's just not a not a stereotypical big man, so I don't know if uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's tough because <laughs> right. you, you, you're thinking that maybe his best case scenario is Myers Leonard, and uh, I don't think you want Myers Leonard on your team. <laughs> yeah, and I think kind of Knicks fans have a just based on that first game where it came in hot and I think like you said, people were talking about it was the first time ever or something that someone had four blocks and three, three pointers in their debut. And then after that, I think he went on to average in his 20 games, you know, 0.8 blocks total among all of his games, including the four block game. So I think Knicks fans think that he's a better post defender than he actually is just based on the hype behind that first game. Um, and I think that's going to be his problem. Um, is because he can play a perimeter big man, but what the Knicks need alongside a guy like Enos Cantor is a guy who can defend the post better. Um, and I'm not saying that he's not, he couldn't be a valuable piece because I think he, he could be a decent piece. Um, I don't know that he's going to get more than, you know, 10 to 15 minutes run per game just to give someone a breather. But I just don't think he's, uh, he's kind of going to be a stable rotation piece just due to that the makeup of this team. Hey, if you could, if you could give me a, a seven, one Steve Novak from that one season, we'll take that. But Steve Novak was shooting about 78% from three that, that one year, the Knicks were doing well. That's that stat's not accurate, but pretty close, pretty close. <laughs> it felt like it though. Yeah. <laughs> open, Steve open. Steve Novak. Yeah, he was up there. And I think that's funny that, Cornet is clearly listed as a power forward, even though he's seven one, because his body is just not up for a lot of the NBA big men. Yeah. Um, which circles back into this whole defense conversation that we've been talking about. 
Um, he had a couple. He had a couple good games. It looks like he had a game last year where he had 23 points, a game with 18, and a game with 17. So like, he had a couple decent games, but I just don't know that uh, he's ready to be a mainstay in the next lineup. And at at the same time, I guess that's why I keep kind of laughing under my breath. <laughs> if this guy can come in and shoot some threes and block some shots, you can see Luke Cornett getting a lot of minutes. Um, I I think we we've kind of covered the grab bag pretty well. I, I think there's the one hot button guy everyone's been talking about. And I guess I'm I'm talking myself down on him just because of how many bodies there are in the backcourt, but I so zo. Alonzo Trier, the undrafted rookie from Arizona. He was a big prospect. Um, ends up going undrafted this year, which is one of those, uh, hey, hopefully it makes the scouts end up looking bad that, that everyone ended up drafting their guy instead of this guy. He's had his moments in the summer league. Ken, I'll start with you because I know you've been big on him. What, what do you got for me on ISOZO? And I don't know that I've been – big on him in a positive way. Um, I think that and pretty much all these players have been just trying to down talk the Knicks overreactions for guys like Ron Baker in a positive way and Emmanuel Moody in a negative way. But um, so Trier, you know, he can score. He can definitely score. I'm just not sure what else he can do. Um, he's a, and he's a big guard. And I think that helps him because uh, he doesn't have to, you know, try to fit into the point guard role. My problem is I just don't know how well he fits into the development of other players if he's just going to be ISOZO and go ISO and other people are just going to stand around and watch because he's not good enough to do that. He's a good scorer. He's not good enough to to be a ball stopper and make the rest of his teammates who are all young players in the midst of their development and have them just watch him do what he's going to do and then run back and play defense. Um, and I think some of the stuff with the, the draft, I think he had some um, – some drug test issues. I don't know if it was uh, marijuana or pe- performance enhancing drugs. Should probably have looked into that before the podcast, but um, hopefully both. My, yeah. My computer's too slow to do it now. So I'm just going to throw both of those out there as possibilities. Um, but the guy deserves to be in the NBA. I just don't know if he deserves the height that he is getting as, you know, a potential star. I think, and we talked about this in the the off season um, recap pod, but I think his his best case scenario is to be a bench scorer, which I don't think is a bad thing. A lot of guys have made their careers being a very good bench scorer. I think of guys like Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams, and um, you know, not so much as a scorer, but uh, Andre Iguodala has been like a sixth man extraordinaire. And those guys are very good players, and you know, I think that having that as you know the goal that you're setting for yourself is a realistic goal and I don't think it's kind of too negative to say that. Although I think, you know, being a bench player doesn't necessarily excite people as much as him potentially being a star. Yeah. So he got suspended for like a a good portion of the season in college for taking a banned substance. So Osterine. Osterine. It looks, it it is a performance enhancer sorts. It's supposed to be a, a muscle recovery drug. But uh, which kind of odd. And they, they said it was trace amounts. I don't know. It's it's one of those things I think you can look back and either <laughs> laugh at or be like, no, shoot. Lonzo's career was, was doping in college. Uh, Greg, what yeah, do you want? Uh, are, are we is there going to be a game this season where we say Alonzo Trier is the go to score for the Knicks? 
mean, it could happen. I, I uh, they said that they're going to use all forty-five days of his his on the two-way contract. So, I don't I don't know when exactly he's going to get called up. I think that the Knicks have their team, so they don't really need him that much. They might start needing him when uh, if the season goes south, then they'll call him up to to see what see what he's got. But otherwise, I mean, maybe he showed enough in the in the preseason to, to get some time right away. It's tough because the next the last year was the first year with the, the two way contracts and the Knicks just used them so differently than some other teams where the Knicks just didn't call anybody up until the very end of the season. So now it's they got a, a new new administration. So we'll see how they do it. Yeah, I I really like that point, Greg. You know that that could be a huge factor. For another guy we didn't mention is uh, Isaiah Hicks, um, but yeah, they uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they try to use those guys on back to backs or something like that. Um, we will see. We will see. Uh, any any parting shots before before we call it on the grab bag up? I mean, we'll just say Hicks looks skinnier, but uh, I, I don't know. He doesn't have. He probably doesn't have a long term fit on this team, but he'll be he'll be good to eat some minutes maybe. At some point, like you said, maybe on the back-to-backs or maybe at the end of the season. And uh, I think the last point that I want to make is uh, Fizdale has come out recently and said that he doesn't want anyone on this team averaging more than 28 minutes game. Uh, He says if you're playing more than that and you're not tired, then you're probably not trying hard enough. Uh, So that's going to open up, you know, a lot of time for, for other players to get in. So any one of these guys could end up, you know, being that, that Jeremy Lin who comes off the bench and, you know, suddenly they have a big role in the, on this team. So don't be surprised if that happens with any one of these guys. Yeah. That's uh no one over 28 minutes. That's whoo. That just had me have some interesting thoughts about the Knicks, but we'll, we'll pass on those for now. This was the grab bag episode. This is uh might be some deep track Knicks stuff for some of you people. Uh, hopefully you like it, but, uh, yeah, I, a couple of these guys are going to get serious minutes. So let's uh, we'll we'll see who ends up being that guy during the season. I would say, I don't know. I, I'm I'm picturing a lot of Vonleh, but enough for me. Thank you for listening. If you've been listening, we appreciate you. We've been doing individual player profiles. Check them out. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing, if you can give us a five star in, we'd really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Let's go Knicks. Knicks take.